Are you ready to sweep the aisles with Wig Fans, the semi-regular podcast dedicated to, but unaffiliated with, a grocery store in America, Wegmans. Cheese plates, cured meats, easy meals, I feel complete. Italian classics, fresh organics, prepared foods to suit my moods. Carrot chips and catering, all the joy that food can bring. When you're a Weg fan, that's why I'm a Weg fan. You should be a Weg fan. It's time for the podcast for Weg fans. Yeah! Welcome to Weg fans. With me is the most valuable item in my cart, John Serpico. How you doing, oh. John? Oh, Marcelo, you are very kind. And hey, by the way, very deft linguistic maneuvering regarding that new opening. <laughs> it well, certainly is a grocery store. I mean, I can love it and be mad at it right now, you know? Yeah, but those things are not mutually exclusive, and you are in the right for feeling those feelings. So you're down in New Jersey right now, out of the confines of lovely Somerville, Massachusetts. That's right. I am. I'm out of the uh, out of the confines of Somerville and out of the out from under the umbrella of Wegmans. Down here, this is Shoprite and Acme country. Ooh, Acme, huh? I would never feel comfortable getting anything from Acme except for bandages. Yeah, well, I mean, Acme did the. Did did uh, Wiley Coyote very dirty uh, many many times, but it's it's a perfectly serviceable grocery store, but literally nothing to record a podcast about. Shoprite, however, is doing tremendous work. All right, put it on a put it on a you know Shaw's Market Basket, Wegman's Whole Foods scale. Like where is it? Where is it? Uh, lying. All right, so let's. Uh, let's assume Wegmans is a ten here. Keep in mind, we are judging Wegmans based on the based on how they're doing on the court. You know, like in terms of what they what they are doing. Not not about their absolutely stupid and dangerous um, uh, mask policies, but just in terms of how are they doing as a retail establishment. Let's say that's the ten. Let's say that's the platonic ideal of what a supermarket should be, and you know a burned out car full of rotting groceries is a one i so like a shaw's like a shaw's would be like a one um or those, I, those shaw's that those star markets that never became shaw's they're still star markets somehow yeah it's like everybody else got uh everybody else got pulled up to that next level and they're just like waiting for that hand they're like the left behind of supermarkets <laughs> <laughs> like what did i what did i do to wrong god so I would say a ShopRite is punching at probably an eight or an eight and a half. All right. All right. That's pretty good. Well, I'm glad to hear that you're being taken care of down there in New Jersey. My, my basic needs are, are being met without a doubt. And, you know, in these times, that's saying a lot. This episode is a little different from our normal episode. We won't be talking about Weg news or reviewing Wegman specific items. Because we thought we'd have a little bit of fun. I know people are going to be listening to this the week of Christmas. Or never. I don't know when people listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever you want or not at all, people. We're not here to tell you how to live your lives. 
You do you. But since it's going to be around the holidays for us, we thought we'd mix it up and have a little bit of fun and engage in some grocery store-related pop culture, because that doesn't really come along that often. So this week, we're all about Supermarket Sweep. As uh, you may be aware, this was a game show in the 80s and the 90s where people that took place in a grocery store where people tried to win money. And it's been recently updated on, I believe, NBC and is now being hosted by Saturday Night Live alum Leslie Jones. John, what is your relationship to the original Supermarket Sweep? When Marcella, you kind of gave uh, gave us the homework assignment of, hey, we're going to watch Supermarket Sweep. We're going to talk Supermarket Sweep. I found myself far more excited than I thought I would be. You know, I thought to myself, yeah, Supermarket Sweep. I remember Supermarket Sweep. But then the more I thought about it, it was no way. No, I love Supermarket Sweep. I, you know, I I must have seen dozens of episodes of that show as 11, 12, 13 year old, I thought it was the coolest thing. And the things that I remember about it that were resurfaced by me doing the research for this episode was that it was just good, clean fun. It was not for a lot of money. Uh, the, the winners did not win life-changing amounts of money. Well, I mean, yeah, any amount of money is life-changing if you need money, obviously. But, you know, it wasn't, they weren't competing for, it, it wasn't who wants to be a millionaire. They weren't competing for a new house or a new car. They were competing for a few thousand dollars. And right, you could buy, you could buy a, a fancy bicycle. Yeah, it's you could fancy buy. Bic- and not even that fancy bicycle. It's like low level fancy bicycle money. Exactly. It's, it's entry level to the fancy bicycles. Uh, but it was, it was really, really fun it you know the 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 layout of the show was really interesting in terms of you know you're you're playing all these fun little kind of not even trivia games but almost like kind of word games and pun based games to get time added to a clock so that you can run around a supermarket and the thing that i realized that was so cool about it is that the supermarket sweep supermarket from the 90s was just like a shrunk down version of a regular supermarket, just like studio size. It's like basketball court sized instead of football stadium sized. Like just everything shrunken down a little bit. But, you know, I remember being a kid thinking, oh my God, is like, is this what adults could do? Like, could adults with money just like run around a grocery store and buy whatever they want? And I, I remember just being really uh, entranced by that. And, you know, every, you know, there, there was like all the, the canned applause and, Everyone like immediately running towards the meat aisle and just throwing like five turkeys into their cart every time. I, yeah, I so my relationship with that show was that it was a it's a very positive association, and I remember it being uh, good, clean fun, and I, I mean good, clean fun in just the best possible way. That's great. I had I, I watched an episode and I realized that I had never seen an episode. It kind of existed in this like liminal space with other game shows that I knew were on, but I never really got into, like Win, Lose, or Draw. Remember that? That was like Alan Thicke playing Pictionary. 
with people. That I was remember. in my blind spot. I was not a win, loser, draw uh, kid. Yeah, me neither. But that that's an ad that I saw. And I know Supermarket Suite is also an ad that I saw at some point growing up. Maybe Maybe because I'm a little older than you. Maybe that's why it's not a big thing for me. Like for me, I remember pre- the ultimate game show for me is Press Your Luck. Just people yelling, no whammies, no whammies, no whammies, no whammies. So I guess, yeah, that does show that I'm uh, a few years older than you. Oh, but just so, just a scotch. I, I remember watching that show when I was maybe seven or eight at my grandmother's house and not truly understanding what whammies were and also being slightly unnerved by them. Well, they were little devils that danced and mocked people. So not something that seven-year-old Serpico would encounter every day. So yeah, so it existed, kind of this thing that existed. I remember when the old series went on to Netflix a few months ago, people were like, oh my god, it's just what I need in the pandemic, supermarket sweep. And it just had no appeal to me. I guess it, not that it had no appeal to me, that it didn't tug on any nostalgia strings for me. Yeah, and nostalgia certainly helps that show. It's, it's, a, it's a, I, I think, a decently designed game show. Because really, you're just, you know, as I said before, you're just banking little bits of time to ultimately use to run through a supermarket and win money, you know, and but but really, and I could talk about, you know, kind of the the design of the of the game show, but I, I, I don't really I'd much rather focus on kind of how what supermarket suite means within the context of its era. And, you know, the thing that I, I kind of think about, the thing that I think about with the mid-90s supermarket sweep was that it really did represent just a fun version of going to a supermarket. You know, the aesthetic of the supermarket was spot on. It's like a time capsule of the 90s. It's just everything's in beige. You have, you know, kind of big, heavy signage. And... You know, like the the I, I feel like the marketers didn't truly hone their craft until afterwards. Like when you compare it to the new supermarket sweep, which I know we're gonna do, the new supermarket in the Leslie Jones supermarket sweep is just this temple to American excess, whereas the the David Ruprecht era of supermarket sweep was just this big beige box where you can spend $70 on food. You know, and you you went through it efficiently, and there were two or three kinds of ketchup, and then that was kind of it. Um, so it was, it was really kind of fun and low rent and represented the era that it, that it was from very well, I think. I feel like I have been in a store, not recently, obviously, uh, maybe a year ago, where I where I encountered some of those old signs. Like y- you still see, you still see grocery stores that have yet to modernize. They still seem to have like the same signage that they have in the original supermarket sweep. Yeah, and you know when you see it, when you realize it's like, oh no, wait a minute. You know a, you know like a woodworker made this sign and then sent it to like a lamination factory where they laminated a plastic shell around it, and now it just says the word bread in three different colors of brown. You know, that's that's what you get. And you still see those 
in supermarkets where that wave of modernization and, you know, technicolorization didn't happen. It, it Seeing those signs now in a supermarket, and I hate to say it, but seeing signs like that now in a supermarket make me trust the supermarket less, whereas seeing signs like that in a small grocer or like a local store make me trust that local store more. I have no idea why my brain is working that way, but it is. Okay, so we've covered the original and your feelings towards it and my lack of feelings towards it. How did you like the updated show? I I watched an episode of the original and then oh, an yeah, episode. Just, just for so everyone can follow along, we saw episode 1015 on Netflix of the original Supermarket Sweep, in case you cared. And we were going to be spoiling these episodes, not that a, you can spoil the game show. I guess you can say who won. But we're talking about episode 1015 on Netflix and the December 6, 2020 episode of the updated Supermarket Sweep. Right. So, you know, if you've had episode 1015 on an unwatched VCR tape <laughs> for 25 years, just pause it. We'll be here. Watch it real quick. Rewind the tape and then then come back to us. Uh, so, you know, the immediate difference that I noticed, because I watched them back to back, was that the original one was, without commercials, a crisp 20 minutes, and the new one was 43 minutes. And I thought to myself, oh my God, I do I want to spend 43 minutes watching the new Supermarket Sweep? But then as I watched it, I realized, oh wait, they record, or they Velcro two episodes together right in the middle. Yeah, so I was not- thinking this. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, "Wait, wait! They're already at the sweep. There's still 32 minutes left. I don't understand how they're going to fill the time. Is it going to be personal interest story for the next uh, 25 minutes? I don't understand." Yeah, and they they didn't really say like Leslie Jones didn't say at the beginning. All right, we've got two game shows back to back. So it was a very pleasant surprise that it was essentially a 21 minute episode followed by another 21 minute episode. Now, the, the thing that I found, you know, with the new Supermarket Sweep is that it has a lot of the hallmarks of modern game shows. And by modern, I mean post-survivor game shows, which is there's a lot of human interest stories and a lot of personality in it. That is to say, you feel like you know the contestants a little better. And I personally don't care about other human beings in that particular way. If they are there to do a job, I want to see them do that job. I want to see people that I can immediately forget about run through the aisles of a supermarket. So the fact that I, you know, the first half of that December 6th episode had a couple of like buff gym dudes and then... I like some friends and some sisters or or like a mother daughter and then sister. So it was like a mother daughter sisters and then like two buff dudes. I learned too much about them. That said, (laughs) it it did give Leslie Jones an opportunity to charismatically have good, like a good little improvised exchange with all of them. You know, I mean, Leslie Jones is a big upgrade from, from David Ruprecht in terms of, you know, just like charm and 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 wit. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. No shade to all you Ruprecht heads out there, but the fact that in the past five, ten years, TV shows were like, "Hey, 
there are lots of comedians or actors that are very engaging and charming. Maybe they should host game shows. Yeah, you know, we now have this huge uh, surplus, frankly, of charming actor types and comedy types that can host your game shows for you. And, you know, you've got Jane Lynch, you've got Leslie Jones, you've got Alec Baldwin um, that, uh, you know, are, are interesting folks that, that you know, are oozing charm and charisma. And, you know, the game shows of the, or the supermarket sweep of the 90s had a host that was as deliberately beige as the supermarket itself. <laughs> Whereas, you know, Leslie Jones is, is leading with not only personality, but enthusiasm. Leslie Jones play uh, Leslie Jones hosts Supermarket Sweep as someone that clearly loved Supermarket Sweep. And one thing that's fun is when the the contestants are doing the sweep through this new weird amalgam modern supermarket, she does it from essentially like a security office so that she can enthusiastically scream stuff over the loudspeakers. So what I love about that is she's watching them run the aisles as a fan, which makes me relate more to Leslie Jones, the host, than it does to than it did to the original, like boring and bland contestants on the first show. I think that's the thing about game shows from the 90s is they put you in a position where you think, oh, I'm just like them. I could do that. These are these are boring, forgettable people, and I could superimpose myself onto them. Whereas modern game shows just as modern supermarkets, frankly, make you feel like the star. Like, I was associating myself with Leslie Jones as a fan of this show, and I wanted to scream stuff at it. It was like she was live-tweeting the show, but she was the host. Yeah. And, you know, I think Leslie Jones is... is I feel like Leslie Jones is living her life the exact right way. She has turned her because she's also a producer on on the new supermarket street uh, supermarket sweep. So she turned her performance money and comedy money into producer money, and then she took that producer money and is producing a fun game show that she is the host of. So she is also making more money at it, and it's really cool to me because you know Leslie Jones is living her best self, and you know her personality is is on display kind of wherever she is. So if you like her tweets, if you like when she like lives tweet, live tweets uh, Game of Thrones or, you know, what what she is watching at any given moment, you will like her on this show because, yeah, she is enjoying it in, in real time in a very distinct Leslie Jones voice. So just as the supermarkets are modern, I think the hosting of this game show is now a modern take on hosting. Okay, do you have any... Specific thoughts on episode 1015 of the original or the uh, the update that we just watched? So in terms of... Yes. I, I want to talk... Instead of like a, talking about game design, I, I want to talk about kind of what, what that supermarket in each of them represents. In the Ruprecht era... The supermarket was, you know, three or four long aisles. The shelves were stocked appropriately with all of kind of the staple stuff. And so you got used to seeing that, you know, mid-90s product design. 
And when you, you know, and uh, when David Ruprecht hosts, behind him is all the fresh produce. And they're just in like baskets, you know, and it just looks like a very, very appropriately bland, appropriately inoffensive grocery store. You know, that's what the supermarket sweep grocery store was supposed to look like, is it was supposed to look like every grocery store, and every grocery store looked like that. Whereas this modern Leslie Jones hosted one also represents what a modern grocery store is. It's a reflect, it, it puts a mirror on the era of the supermarket that we're in, which is essentially an extended guitar solo. You know, instead of long aisles, the new supermarket sweep now has uh, two short aisles intersected by essentially an avenue, which led to actually a mid-show collision. <laughs> I thought I thought that girl was going to die. The uh, the cart be cart full of uh, meat being pushed by one of the bros smashed into what looked like my tiny Filipino cousin who was running through. She looked like that woman looked like she weighed a hundred and ten pounds tops. And yeah, got so obliterated a a meathead on a team called the Meatballs sprinting through a supermarket with a shopping cart full of meat murdered a 110 pound woman and we we saw it and i think it was only the adrenaline that kept her bones from shattering and she happened to have like a big inflatable bonus raft like there was like essentially she was carrying this big inflatable thing that when you cash it in it's a few hundred bucks and that absorbed a lot of the impact because if not we would we would have witnessed life changing injuries on the I show. I mean if that was a football hit you would say that she was decleated. Yeah, yeah. The 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 cleats would be stuck in the turf, she'd be 5 yards downfield and Chris Collinsworth would say something banal about the wind getting knocked out of her instead of saying well she shortened her life by 10 years. Yeah. Uh so yeah, I mean it's the the supermarket in Leslie Jones's supermarket sweep is, for better or worse, a modern supermarket. Bunch of colors, parts of the supermarket divided up to look like bistros or small town produce markets. And it's not. But that's what it's trying to sell you. Like the modern era of consumerism is taking things that are fancy, mass producing them, and then pretending they're still fancy. And so that's what this modern supermarket on this show represents. That avenue in the middle, a bunch of different varieties. One thing that's interesting in the new one is they uh, the supermarket has a home goods section. So you saw, I think, in the second half of the episode, the second sweep, people grabbing like giant cast iron roasting trays and uh, cast iron pans and big roasting trays and, um, you know, all kinds of stuff like specialty cuts of meat. Whereas in the first one, they were they were loading up their their carts with giant turkeys and just vaguely labeled, you know, meat chunk. They heard like some random thing. No, Whereas there was now, still, there was know. still a home goods section in the in the first one. They they did have uh, random pots and stuff in the in the in episode ten fifteen. So it's just that this was like. I think in the second one, someone had giant garden hoses in in one of the episodes. That's what it is. And I yeah. was like, whoa, who are these garden, like, like look like mm, 50 feet of garden hose, like, wrapped in a bundle? I was like, You're whoa. absolutely right. Yeah, there was a small little home section in the first one, which 
I don't know how common it was in the 90s. I know even back then Wegmans did have that. But, you know, I worked in a, I worked in, my first job was actually in a ShopRite. And uh, I worked in a ShopRite and, you know, in 1998, there really wasn't a home goods section. I think there was like a plastic utensils and aluminum roasting trays, like disposable turkey roasting trays kind of kind of things. But, you know, you couldn't go in there and spec out a kitchen like you can in a modern grocery store. And yeah, so the garden hose is really interesting because I think that represents the fact that supermarkets now must compete against Walmart because, you know, whereas most Walmarts now have a supermarket in them, I feel like some modern supermarkets must create like a tiny Home Depot within their supermarket right. to, to, uh, to, to stay current. So, you know, really we're seeing what Hollywood thinks a supermarket should look like in each of these two shows. Now, Marcelo, as someone that does not get to benefit from the nostalgia of the original supermarket sweep, Kind of what was your big takeaway when you looked at the one from the 90s and the one from today? Uh, to be honest, I prefer the modern one in every respect. The gameplay was pretty similar, so it's not like there's a huge change in gameplay. But, for example, the the old one started with like a come on down period, closer to the prices, right? I did enjoy hearing the guy from Jeopardy say more than this is Jeopardy. Other than hearing that guy, I thought the new show was better because it just starts with the contestants. Let's go. I have it. I was watching it on Hulu, so I fast forward. I like skipped 15 seconds ahead when they were introducing themselves. <laughs> uh, and Leslie Jones was far superior to uh, Ruprecht. And what I enjoyed the most from her performance is they just have a camera on her during the final sweep. So for those, you know, there's three teams competing and the team at the end that does their sweep of the store had that has the most value with their the amount of groceries in their grocery cart, plus any bonuses or things they've won over the course of the game. They then go on to the final sweep where you have to basically solve riddles and sprint to find stuff in order to win money. And you got to get you first. There's a you get three, then you get twenty five thousand. Then you, you can go for one more and get 50000 and then you can go for one more and get $100,000. So during that portion, the final sweep, they have a camera just on Leslie Jones, and she looks... And, and you know, she's an actress, she's a comedian, so this could all be an act, but it doesn't feel like an act. She just seems, like, very caught up in it, very empathetic. So she's like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. Are they going to get it? Are they going to get it? You know, when they, when they clear the 25000 Mark's like, all right, they got it. And she just looks so concern anxious the whole time and it really it really heightened the viewing experience for me yeah and, and i agree with your overall take i think the new supermarket sweep is just a really fun show it is more fun like if 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 it's the year 2020 and you have a choice between the original and the new one watch the new one and yeah I, you know leslie jones is an actor she's on tv and in movies and she acts but she doesn't need to for this. She can be her own genuine self. And I think her own genuine self is someone that really likes Supermarket Sweep and is genuinely invested in the contestants. What what I love about this is I I think 
and maybe this will be a moot point, but I think Hollywood should stop rebooting good stuff and just and start rebooting like okay stuff or stuff that like didn't quite work. Supermarket Smee, I don't know how popular it was. It wasn't, but I, I would say it's just okay. And now it's pretty fun. So I it it's just like oh, what that's what we should be rebooting. Like what's that? What's that NBC show that was like you know let's reboot Manimal or something? You know, because <laughs> because like that's a that's a kind of cool idea that that they did a crappy job with. You know, let's reboot that and make it good. As oh my to god, doing that, another that, Battlestar Galactica, Marcelo. That is a billion dollar idea. You know, because if you have you know. You don't need to make a new Indiana Jones. The original Indiana Joneses were real good. What you need to remake is the movie Robot Jocks. Yeah. You know, or, like, uh, or Remo Williams, basically a kung fu flick about a guy who was declared dead so that he could go and like kick butt for the government. Good, so, good, yeah. good book. Crappy Someone book. Needs to take a movie. fresh crack at Meteor Man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. See? Yeah, get Damon Jr. on it, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, get, just, you know, put him in a gray suit, have him get meteor powers. Like, I will watch that. That's what it is. Is, you know, why would you spend $100 million to bring something that's a 7 up to an 8 when you can bring something that was a 3 up to a 9? That's yeah. just, that, that your, your dollar as a producer does more for you that way. And I think Supermarket Sweep is a very, very good example of that. I want that treatment on everything. I really do. Okay, John. It's now time for Serpa Market Sweep. All right. Are you ready? Are you ready? ready. I did not tell you we were going to do this. I, I, I am so I, I said I'm ready because of my improv training. I am not remotely ready, but I am so ready. All right. So I, I, I wrote a few questions for you. So this would be the round of you trying to add money, add money and time to your value. All right. Marcelo, okay. this is legitimately the nicest thing anyone's ever done for me. Okay. I stayed up late working on this. Oh, All right. boy. Okay, I'm ready. All right, John. Based on the Whole Foods app that I looked at today, I'm going to give you three milk alternatives. Which is the most expensive? Was it 360? And these are all 64 ounces. Okay. So a okay. carton of milk. Yep. 365 everyday value oat milk chocolate. 365 everyday value almond milk chocolate. Or three sixty-five everyday value organic unsweetened original coconut milk, which is the most expensive: oat, almond, or coconut milk? Oh, okay. I I don't think it's almond, so it's going to be between oat milk, which is the new big thing, and coconut milk. And I'm going to say coconut milk. Oh, incorrect. The oat milk is fifty more cents than the coconut milk. All right. All right, this is a spell it challenge, all right? So I'm going to give you clues where the first letter of the first word are are the letters of the word that you need to figure out. Okay. Okay? Yep. Kale pairs well with this. Oh, I guess I'll get used to this taste. Maybe it's not worth the health benefits. Kombucha? Yes, you got it. Ding, oh. ding, 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 ding. <laughs> that was oh. a good one. I like that. All right. Food fact. Food fact. In order to avoid 160 million in British taxes, this company claimed they were not potato chips. The companies are Lay's, Pringles, 
Doritos? Well, I, I mean, Lay's are potato chips. That That's a real hard sell. Pringles, I think, are potato flakes pressed back into a chip, so it's still a potato product. So it's probably going to be either Lay's or Doritos, but Doritos is mainly made from corn, so I'm going to say Doritos. Oh, no, no, it was Pringles. Doritos mm. was a red herring. Yeah, it was too good. That's too, it's too obvious. Yeah. Yeah, and I get, and Pringles could argue that case. It's not a potato chip, it's... Essentially just a really thin latka, I guess. And they lost before the British equivalent of the Supreme Court. Wow. Uh, I I can't imagine Pringles taking the stance here that they're not potato chips, because then who would want to eat it? Like, well, what is it then? Here's another spell it, but I did not write it ahead of time, so I'm just going to improvise it. (laughs) Fine Italian meat. I was once corrected on the pronunciation of this by a hipster deli guy. No, I did not slap him. I still bought it. Oh, is it um, like the, uh, uh, oh God, it's called like Finocchi or Finocchi. It's like a. Oh, you're so close. It's a Finocchiano. Yeah, it's like a nice cured meat. It's a, it's cured salami with fennel. It is delicious. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, it's like, uh, you know, it's like the salami with the fennel. It's like, Finocchio. And he's like, you mean? And then he said, however you're supposed to pronounce it. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> Just yeah, give me he, a pound of that right now. Then, then he flexed his little like tennis ball bicep, and it had like a like a cross section of a pig tattooed on it. And you were like, okay. Final question. Okay. According to Target.com, which of these fancy feast options is the most expensive. Is it fancy feast medley? So this is just one can, one normal, you know, what is it? Three ounce can, two ounce yeah, can? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One fancy feast medleys, fancy feast creamy delights in a creamy, in a creamy sauce. I don't know why they have that in the title, but that's how it's built. Creamy delights in a creamy sauce or fancy feast gravy lovers. Which Fancy oh, Feast can is the most expensive? Okay, so uh, the second two, a- a- even though they sound fancy, are still just cans of meat and goo. You know, like they're, like Fancy Feast has like 10 different kinds of like three ounce cans of meat and goo. Sometimes it's flaked, sometimes it's pate, sometimes it's gravy lovers, all that stuff. But the medley, I believe, is like a mix of like meat and vegetables. And it may not even be... Like, it, it may still be three ounces, but I think there's something special about it. Like, it's fresher or sealed up in a different way. So I'm going to say medley and hope I'm right. Oh, and you are right. <laughs> it is 40 cents more than Gravy Lovers. And that makes it 50 cents more than Creamy Delights in a Creamy Sauce, which that is just gross every time I say it. Yeah, both both of my cats are wet food cats and... There is no way to make cat food not gross. It's just gross. <laughs> I I should treat them to medleys, frankly, and maybe I'll treat myself to one, too. So we're reaching the end of our episode. It's time for the burning question. Each week, each episode, we ask the burning question for us to discuss and for you to discuss, if you'd like, with us on Facebook or uh, on our email at wakefanspodcast at gmail.com. The burning question for you, John, is... 
you and I are contestants on supermarket sweeps. So from our from our lips to God ears, God's ears, what is our strategy? Oh, Marcelo, Christmas has come early with this question. I am so excited to live in this fantasy world for a second. Also, um, we should look into how to do it because I think we would make a killer team, except for the cardio. We'd have to get our cardio in. Well, yeah, so that's the trick is I would say that the big strategy is you'd probably run it at the end because I feel like your cardio is in better shape than mine. You live in a warm weather state. You're just outside more. I can train. I can train for six months. You could tra- Yeah, you got a longer training season. But you're stronger. Uh, you're a lot stronger than I am, though. Yeah, yeah, I'm okay. So it's one of those things where if you run the aisle, you know, you're sprinting. I say you're sprinting to the pharmacy, you know, back of the store, pain relievers, you know, little expensive bottles of stuff that you can sprint to and get. And then you would get all the bonus items. You would just, you know, grab the big inflatable things, get the coffee cup with your name on it, do all that stuff, put your cardio to good use. For me, I would just head to the butcher and clear that place out. Just I'd be I'd be clean and pressing turkeys and slabs, a whole sides of animal, fifty pound wheels of cheese. So you know, I put, I yeah. saw that people were going to town on the turkeys, and I guess I never buy a turkey outside of Thanksgiving. But turkeys to me aren't that expensive. You know, sometimes they're like ninety nine cents a pound. I get I like the people that were grabbing the roast. I was like, I get that. That is super expensive. Assuming they were, um, you know, never frozen, pre-brined or kosher turkeys, those are more. So if you're dealing with like a $2 a pound turkey, all you got to do is lift, you know, 15 pounds and that's 30 bucks. And the thing is you can get five of them. You know, that's the rule, which means you can get $150 in 10 seconds so long as you're not afraid to haul giant frozen birds or giant. Oh, so there's a limit on what you can grab? There is. It's in the original show. It was five. And in the new show, I think it's still five. Uh, I must have zoned out when they talked about that. Okay. Yeah. So I would hit, I mean, I would use my, my strength to my advantage. I'd run to the butcher, five turkeys, you know, five beef ribs, five baby back slabs. Like I would do all of that. And then I would probably just dink and dunk along the front of the store. Hmm. So I think that's what I'd have to do with you, though. Again, if if you had time to to get that warm weather cardio, uh, you know, do do intervals up mountainsides and all that stuff. California people do. I think you'd be able to clear out the uh, the wellness section, and Just that's five that's five of everything in the wellness section. Five of everything in wellness. Would fans love it? No, but screw it. We're not playing it for the fans. We're playing it for a chance at a hundred thousand dollars. This is Moneyball, baby. Yeah, yeah. We're not here to make friends. So, you and I, we of course would hit the $25,000 part of the final. Oh, final. Marcelo, I was hoping you were going to ask this. But, we, so we hit the 25000 Are we going for 50000 So, for those who don't know, you have to find three items to hit the 25000 mark. Then you have to decide whether or not you're going to proceed. So, then, so this is, that's decision point number one. Which, I, that was totally new and I was, I was surprised when I saw it. Right. Now, there's a whole theory around risk aversion. Uh, like the risk aversion theory, it's it's one of those things where if you walked up to someone on the street and said, hey, give me a dollar and flip a coin. If it's heads, I'll give you $2 back. If it's tails, I keep your dollar. The majority of people would not take a 50-50 bet to double your money. Majority of people wouldn't. You would need to make it much more enticing. You would need to say, hey, flip a coin. If it's heads, I'm going to give you $5. If it's tails, you only lose one. It's like, oh, well, the odds are so good that the expected rate of return is better. 
because, you know, we have to assume that getting from 25 to 50,000 is a 50-50 proposition. I would not take it. $25,000 split two ways, no matter how you slice it, is, is a substantial amount of money that you can do things with. That is that may be enough to get you up to like a down payment on a house. It could definitely get you more than a down payment on a car. You could use that. You could use your half of that money to redo a kitchen. Like that's enough. Well, that's so enough. Let's, let's, let's yeah. think about this though. Okay, twenty five thousand dollars. That's twelve thousand five hundred dollars each because it is one in uh, I know in a game show. It's more taxed like a bonus than it is like ordinary income, right? That is true. So so it's closer to fifty percent. So that means. $25,000 is really six, six, maybe $7,000 each. Plus you'd get a little bit more from what we had previously won during the show. Oh, you get that money too? You do get that money too. But again, between the two of us, that you, to your point, it is still under $10,000. Whereas $50,000 by that logic, let's say it's $55,000 with the earlier stuff divided two ways is $27,500 each, taxed as a bonus. That's, at that point, then we're walking home with fifteen or sixteen thousand dollars each, so instead of a down payment on a car, that's pretty much a whole car, a nice you know, used car, a nice used car, good used car. Oh God, I would I would be that person that would say, I don't know, Marcelo, what do you think? And then just agree with whatever you said, because I would I would walk away with twenty five because I am very risk averse. I need to really be enticed for me to give up money that is a sure thing. So I would I would defer to you. So I'm deferring to you here, Marcella. What would we do? I would do exactly what the Team Coconuts, the woman who got destroyed by the cart, uh, did. I would I would push to fifty thousand, and if we got that, and stop, stop there. I think that's because fair. going from if I lost six thousand dollars, I'd be really sad. Don't get me wrong, I'd be really sad, but I would risk it to 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 double my money to that point. But to go from fifty thousand to a hundred, now I ha- you know you know maybe it's fifteen thousand dollars after taxes. That's, that's a tougher pill to swallow. That's a tougher. I would I would you yeah, know that's I, very significant money. You, so you're right. I, I mean that's yeah that's that's a good used car. That's a once in a lifetime vacation. Right. It'd be really hard to have that money. Actually, the the one of the the women on that show that won said, "Now I can get my masters." Yeah, like holy like, crap. You can't say no to that. Yeah, get to exactly. get to that limit. Be happy about it. Yeah. Okay. That's the. I think that's the move. That's the move right there. All right. Well, that's all we have on Supermarket Sweep. Um, this is going to be our last episode of 2020. So, any thoughts on the year of 2020 at all, John? Not that the changing of the calendar is going to immediately hit the reset button on everything, but I'm still kind of hoping it does. 2020 was. <laughs> Best case scenario, a mixed bag for everybody. Worst case scenario, terrible. So uh, farewell, good riddance. Weg fans has been one of the uh, the few bright spots, not just for us, I think, but for the world during this <laughs> time. So, uh, you know. All right, we'll see you again in 2021, where all our life meters will be renewed to unlimited. <laughs> This has been Weg Fans, the unaffiliated Wegmans fan cast. This episode has been produced and edited by me because we have no budget. Marcelo, you are five 20-pound turkeys to me. 
All of our music was composed and performed by the great band Minus World. Check them out at MinusWorldBand.com or on Facebook at MinusWorldBand. Minus World are like the expensive nut butters that you can get in the middle of the sweep to pad your total. And of course, big thanks to Dan Chapman for wishing this podcast into existence. He are he is the expensive pain relievers, both in real life and in this analogy. Want more Wake fans in your life? Follow us on Facebook at Wake Fans Podcasts or on Twitter at Wake underscore fans. And our email is wakefanspodcasts at gmail.com. To get new episodes automatically, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, rate and review us. Hopefully it's a good one. That's all for this week. Say goodbye to the people, John. Goodbye to the people, John. And remember, don't forget the inflatables. Sound-